There's like eight of you in this room. Like yeah. it's not a small yeah. room, but there's like a ton of people in like, this one small. space. When you put eight people, it feels yeah. a lot smaller. Yeah. It's hard, but then you all just become friends. Oh. And then you don't get work done because you're talking too much. But very fun. Welcome to Live Life Creative, helping you break through your barriers to being more creative. I'm Dylan Kreinbrink. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm talking to Katie McNabb. I met her at college. I have been following her over the past few years on social media. Uh, She's a freelance graphic designer. And I've seen her come up with some really fun and some unique pieces, uh, both in freelance and at her previous job at the church we both go to. I'm excited to have her on the podcast because honestly, I'm pretty sure she's thought a lot more deeply about creativity and just working for yourself than I have so far. And hey, you can support the show by using the Amazon affiliate link to buy what you're already getting on Amazon. This is no extra cost to you. Just a small percentage of what you buy comes back here to the podcast. You can find that link at livelifecreativepodcast.xyz slash support. Okay, so here's Katie. So Katie, uh, so I know you grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, Did you do any kind of creative stuff growing up? Um, I did like a little bit. I played piano for nine years which I begged my mom to let me do and then begged her to quit after I did it for like one month (laughs) but I feel like that was I guess kind of creative Mm -hmm. um besides that I always like liked doing art my grandma was a painter so I grew up like going yeah to her house and painting with her besides that I guess I wasn't like really artistic in school at Mm -hmm. all like a lot of people were always better than me But I mean, that's how we all feel. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But then I think the thing that got me into graphic design, jumping ahead to that already, is I did yearbook in high school. Oh. So that was like the most creative part where I think I learned that I liked doing like the piecing together creativity type thing. Yeah. So you were painting with your grandma. She taught you a lot of stuff about painting or is it just kind of like slapping paint on canvas? I mean, she was like really, really good at doing realistic painting, but she taught herself. So I don't think that she really, she probably knew the technical stuff, but when she Mm -hmm. taught me, it was a lot of, I mean, I was young, I was a kid. So Mm -hmm. more of like the messing around out of the box. I went through a phase where I would like paint on these wood figurines with her and she taught me like how to paint cows. Oh, interesting. But then I was really into painting flowers. So I painted uh, pansies on every single cow that I did. (laughs) So I was like, okay, a cow with a pansy, but. Is it wrong that I think that's super appropriate that you were painting cows growing up in Wisconsin? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. <laughs> Looking back on that. Yeah. But yeah. you know, typical Wisconsin girl. Yeah. We have a friend, my wife and I have a friend who's from Wisconsin. So we like make cheese jokes and stuff like that. Yep. Never heard that one before. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so we both went to Cornerstone up here in Grand Rapids. I'm not sure what you went to Cornerstone for. Yeah, I did business marketing. Business, okay. And then I took graphic design classes downtown at the art school as well. Okay. So it was like a dual thing. So how did that get you into graphic design, going from business marketing and then some art classes? Yeah. Well, like I mentioned, I started doing design in yearbook. Right. And then honestly, like I feel so blessed because my teacher, that was my business teacher in high school, was like totally a mentor, totally like picked up on the things I was good at. And she told me, when you go to college, you should major in marketing and minor in graphic design. Cool. And I was like, I don't really know what either of those things entail, but sure, I will do it. <laughs> so with marketing, like a lot of the marketing at Cornerstone, did you take any marketing classes? No, I don't remember. No, Probably yeah. Not. But a lot of it is you have to be creative for them. So it kind yeah. of helped like knowing the graphic arts side of it. Right. Or yeah. I felt like I had a benefit or like a step ahead. But yeah, I think it goes hand in hand and people just forget. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that teacher in high school, was that a really important relationship to you? Oh, yeah. At the time? Completely. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how did you get started with her? Like just she was just a teacher. Yeah. And she kind of latched, like saw you and kind of. Yeah. She was really good at picking up on like the strengths of her students. And I also come from a tiny, tiny school. Like my town only had 4,000 people. So my yeah. whole entire high school was 500. So <laughs> you get to know the teachers really, really well. Yeah. But yeah. And I took a ton of business classes. Like high school then was not as it is now. I The high schoolers that I know are taking all these super creative, super businessy classes. Yeah. We had like five options <laughs> and I took all of them. <laughs> That's so, cool though. Uh, yeah. I was homeschooled growing up. So I took like chemistry and yeah, yeah. biology and algebra or whatever. So I do like hear about some of these crazy classes that high schoolers are doing. Like, man, that would have been yeah. so And it's cool. not fair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we got gypped, <laughs> I know. But whatever. Yeah. So mm. you were doing a graphic design. You worked for Ada for a while. Yep. Three years, almost three years. Was that your first job out of college? Yeah, it was. So did you learn a lot there or was it just kind of like, okay, I'm just kind of getting into the groove of learning graphic design? Sure. So I was the first graphic designer that they had ever had on staff. Oh, really? So it was a little bit of a, oh my gosh, I'm like 21. How the heck do you trust me to do this? <laughs> yeah. And also like, a, okay, well, I know what I'm doing enough to kind of get you started. Like it's a church, you know, mm-hmm. min- like ministry work. I'm not creating like high level brands for clients. It's doing a lot of the busy work and stuff like that. So I did learn a ton. A lot of the things that I learned that I use now are about processes or how Mm -hmm. to lead people well, or, you know, how to love clients better, like things like that, which are awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I did obviously learn how to keep things cohesive, I guess, throughout design. Okay. Like make everything go together. Like a brand identity kind of idea. A little bit. Okay. Because I mean, it's a four now a four campus church with right. thousands of people yeah and you kind of want every experience at every location to feel the same right yeah so creating that um were you designing like the discovery village magnets that the kids get yep. sent? yeah we've got my wife volunteered in dv for eight years sure. so we've got a stack of them on our refrigerator so that's yeah, those were cool. so fun so colorful designing for yeah. kids is a lot of fun <laughs> i thought i would hate it definitely didn't hate it that's good yeah that's cool um, so you started kind of freelancing in this time a little bit? Yes. Freelancing Question is like, mark. well, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I would never choose to freelance, really. Okay. It's kind of one of those things where people are like, oh, you're a graphic designer. Uh, do you make logos? And then if I've never made a logo before, I'm like, sure, I can try to. <laughs> and then the next person that asked me to make a logo, I'm like, yeah, I make logos. You know, just did one last week. So I pretty much would just do whatever people asked me to do. Okay. So I had like not a ton of freelance jobs while I was working because you don't want to work 40 hours a week and then work another 20 on top of that. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Cuz that's a lot of work. Yeah. But Yeah, I did I didn't have any like consistent clients, but I did side projects for friends and stuff that kind of came to you. Yeah, exactly. So you get a little bit of experience with freelancing a bit, mm-hmm. uh, working at a church and organization. So what do you kind of see as the pros for working uh, for an employer, for an organization. Sure. Well, for one, consistent paychecks and consistent work all the time without sure having to look for it. Right. Which honestly, I've been fortunate enough. I've only been doing this for like eight months and I've been like fairly busy. The full-time freelance life. Yeah. 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 Um, 
But I think the other thing is I am pretty extroverted and I was really, really nervous after I quit my job to be by myself all day. Yeah. Because when you're in an organization, especially a church, like there's such good community and camaraderie and Mm -hmm. everybody's working for the same purpose and everybody is just like so encouraging and so affirming of like your work and what you're doing. So like that's obviously a pro. Yeah. Versus I wouldn't consider it a con that I work by myself now. It's just different. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Uh, I remember going into like the creative team area mm-hmm. at church. There's like <laughs> eight of you in this room. Like yeah. it's not a small yeah. room, but there's like a ton of people it's in like, this one small. space. When you put eight people, it feels yeah. a lot smaller. Yep. I'm like, holy cow, you can work this way. It's, like, uh. it's hard, but then you all just become friends. Yeah. Hopefully. And then you don't get work done because you're talking too much. <laughs> yeah. That's also a danger. But very fun. But was it hard for you or easy for you to use these creative skills for someone else's plan? Like with this podcast, I can kind of do whatever I want with it. Sure. It doesn't mean that's a good idea or a bad idea, Mm -hmm. but I at least have the freedom to do that. But when you're working for an organization, you have to have like these creative ideas, but they also have to fit within an overall goal. Mm -hmm. So was that hard for you or is that like, okay, yeah, I can work with this. Like this gives me boundaries that I can work with it. Sure. I would be interested to know how other people would answer that question. Yeah. Just because I feel like I'm always working it within other people's boundaries. It's true. Because when somebody comes to me, they're saying like, hey, you're the professional, you know how to do this, Mm -hmm. but this is what I want. Like they always have the main idea Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like they're flex. A lot of people are flexible. Some people are not, but for the same or like at the same time, since I'm working for them, like I want to serve them. That's my job. Right, and yeah. I'm totally fine working within their constraints because that's what they're hiring me to do. Right. You yeah. know, and I honestly, I like that better because there are so many times that clients will come to me and have this idea that I never would have thought of. Yeah. But that's part of collaboration. Right. Yeah. So I enjoy it. So working in that same vein, like collaborating with your clients, that's more the route you go to then. And rather than like, okay, here's your list of requirements. Let me go away for you know, two weeks and they'll come back with something. Sure. Uh, mix. I do a mix of both. Okay. I feel like I pride myself on having very organic processes because I don't want anybody to ever be surprised at what they're getting. So mm. when somebody comes to me, I can say like, okay, well, how good of an idea do you have of what you want? Like say a logo, for example. Yeah. And they'll say, this is my name. I have no idea what I want. And I'll say, okay, what are five words to describe your business or how you want people to see you? And Mm -hmm. I'll take that and go with nothing else. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they come to me and they're like, yep, this is my Pinterest board. These are all the things I like. This is how I want it to feel. I want a script font. Go ahead. So sometimes it's like very, very, this is exactly what I want. And sometimes it's go do your own thing. Be creative. Okay. And I like both, honestly. Mm -hmm. But if I had only one, I'd probably crave the other. And if I had, (laughs) you know, vice versa. So it's kind of good to have a mix. Yeah. 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 On the one hand, being a business owner, mm-hmm. like you have the freedom to say, like, I'm going to work whenever I want. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's like, like you said, like, if I'm not working, like, I'm not making money. And that's yeah. scary. Well, and I really just value freedom a lot. So I'm like, oh, well, what if I want to go to Florida for a week? Oh, I'm just not going to work. I'll just work more later, you know, and yeah. then I'll get home and I'm like, oh, shoot, I got to catch up on a lot. <laughs> yeah. So that's another balance thing, too. I don't know how many trips you've taken in the last eight months, yeah. but have you found like if you switch off for a week, like it takes time for client work to come in again, like it's kind of slow when you get back and you have to like 
make an extra effort to market yourself or find new work or something like that? Or does stuff kind of like pile up when you're gone and then you have to come back to the, like a bunch of emails and inquiries and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, the thing about emails piling up is I feel like if I don't respond quick enough, people will just choose somebody else to work with yeah. in some instances. Mm-hmm. So like I really try to pride myself on, which I'm bad at this, but I'm trying to be better about responding and having really good customer service too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that it necessarily piles up. Like it ebbs and flows a lot, but it's more with the seasons. Like over Christmas, everyone's getting ready for Christmas and they're with their families. They're mm-hmm. not focusing on like making a logo for their small business, sure. you know? So yeah. like I said, I've only been doing this for eight months, but I've noticed it being more seasonal than than anything else. So like seasonality is what affects how much work comes in more yeah. than like if you're gone yeah. for a week in Florida. Yeah. And if I'm gone too, like I can still check my email and keep up on stuff. Mm-hmm. It's one thing if I'm not responding. If I'm responding, I think people are fine waiting. If I'm mm-hmm. not responding, then people will think I went AWOL. Yeah. I think a lot of freelancers actually get a really bad name because a lot of people quit mid-project. And what, like I've heard a lot of people say, or a lot of my clients say like, yeah, I was working with another designer and they totally bailed on me. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I would never do that. <laughs> but I'm sorry. Yeah, that seems strange because as a yeah. freelancer, like if you're not working, you're right. not getting paid and you're just going to opt out of a paid I gig. Know. That seems weird. But then again, if you think about it, a lot of people or freelancers charge down payments. Mm-hmm. So say I charge a down payment to you mm-hmm. for a logo mm-hmm. and then I doubt myself and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is way too hard. And I'm like, well, I already have a down payment. See ya. <laughs> you know, that's kind of a scummy thing to do. It's scummy. But I like could see how people would get so stressed out. Uh-huh. I would never do that, obviously. Sure. But like thinking from their perspective, unless mm-hmm. people are just bad people. I don't really know. But There's always that. Yeah, always you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep it real. Yeah. So one thing I've been thinking about a lot with this podcast is like, what does success mean for a podcast? Because there's like this term called pod fading where people quit like after 10 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely felt the temptation to do that, to quit. Yeah. So for you, what does success look like as a freelance graphic designer or just as, you know, a person? Sure. I mean, you could obviously say being able to pay the bills, which I think is a huge thing. Right. <laughs> obviously. For me, I'm like such a words of affirmation person where I would never want to make some- if I made something for somebody and they didn't love it. Even if they liked it, I wouldn't really count it as a success. So I think Mm -hmm. like being able to, for one, be a more loving person to the clients that I have is big for me. For two, being able to have them love something that I create, but then also having it make sense for what they asked for it for. So Mm -hmm. like if it's a logo, having the logo really speak and feel like what their brand or their company is Mm -hmm. and having it make sense in the space that's being used in. How do you blend that um, with your own style as a designer? Because, you know, there's like the brand identity of the company Uh and you want to feel like the company. Mm -hmm. But then you've also got like the way you like to do things, the kind of designs that you like to use, you know, whether that's like certain fonts or certain. That's like one of my favorite things about being a designer and also one of my least favorite things because people have a lot of really bad ideas and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but people will come to me and they will say like, yeah, I just have this like great idea and this great vision like for whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And I can sit there through my own lens as me, the designer Mm -hmm. and be like, Oh my gosh, that is the worst idea I've ever heard of. But at the same time, I think, 
part of the challenge and a, a thing that a lot of des- designers run into is like being too arrogant or saying like, oh, that's mm. a bad idea. When no idea is a bad idea, it's, you're a good designer if you can figure out how to make their bad idea look good. Okay. You yeah. know, sometimes you have to sacrifice and you have to make things match a brand guideline book that you don't necessarily love. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of ways to tweak things and make them look cleaner or make them look like they make more sense. Yeah. Because a lot of graphic design is the design part more than it is the creative part. What do you mean? That's not clear to me as a non <laughs> No, you're designer. Gonna, I think <laughs> this doesn't even make fully sense in my own head, but it kind of does. Mm-hmm. There's like art and then there's design. Where okay. art, I've heard, you make it for yourself. Okay. And then design, you make for the user. So design okay. is more of, okay, the way that this is wired makes sense. And art is more oh, this is a free creative expression that I'm just giving it to you. Okay. You know what I, Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think when it comes to designing things, a lot of companies or businesses or whatever have ugly design, but it makes sense and you have to make it look good. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have really beautiful art for their company, but it doesn't work together in the right ways. Okay. So kind of bringing them back into yeah. harmony. So there's like, yes, perfect word. So there's like the two aspects of it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're missing either one of them, then you, you don't get all the way there. This has been a great conversation with Katie so far, and there is more good stuff coming. If you want to hear the full interview, you can join the co-creators on Patreon and hear about the balance between creative work and the business work like building processes. Uh, she talks about learning to take care of yourself, putting boundaries around your work, and getting good feedback that's more than just your mom telling you, that looks great, honey. You can get access to bonus content from this episode and some previous episodes at the website. Check out Live Life Creative Podcast at XYZ and tap on support in the menu. Uh, going back to what does success look like for you? So you mentioned obviously like paying the bills, like that's yep. pretty necessary. And then uh, reaching some of the other goals that you've set for yourself. I'm good at goal setting, but I'm bad at goal setting because I like to push the boundaries Mm -hmm. and procrastinate. So I procrastinate with my own goals. So I guess that kind of goes back to your other questions too, with what things have been hard or have Mm -hmm. I had to be better at. And yeah, yeah, goal setting is definitely one where I have to say to myself, okay, six months down the road, I want to have a website up. Like that was one of my goals. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a website up. Mm -hmm. So I guess success would be found in that. But at the same time, there's literally always something that I could be doing. Or always something that I could be doing better. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to measure su- success by that just because there's so much to do. I think a lot of success I see as just being able to be happy in what you're doing too. And to be glorifying God. Yeah. So was there a time that you were really stuck creatively? And then how did you kind of like move past that? Uh, yeah, all the time. I'm stuck creatively. <laughs> Before. So I guess part of me moving past that is just trusting and being confident in my work and like, I've done enough projects now where I know that I can come up with something usually mm-hmm. and I'm my worst critic. So a lot of the times if I send somebody like a version one draft that I'm like not happy with, they will really like it. Yeah. Sorry, mini tangent. But a lot of it is just trusting that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. The hardest part is getting started. So I mm-hmm. think when I'm stuck, it's because I'm sitting there doubting myself and I can't piece together an idea in my mind but I'm not supposed to be able to piece the entire idea together in my mind. That's why I have a computer or a pencil and paper or my iPad 
So you've just got to like get it out and yeah. work it out. Yeah. So a lot of it is just starting and sitting down and doing something. Because like I said, a lot of stuff happens by accident. And mm-hmm. if you could make an entire logo in your head, there would be no use for people like me. Because <laughs> I'm the one that has to do it and has to execute it. Yeah. Just getting started is the hardest part. Is there anything that is a source of inspiration to you that you can kind of like go back to like, oh yeah, this is like, if I need ideas, like this is something I can go back to or... This could be like music or like an Instagram page or something like that. I get inspired by like really random things. Okay. Because I'll get inspired. I often find a lot of inspiration in people's words and writing. So like, I don't know. I think a part of design too is piecing things together that uh, like other people wouldn't necessarily piece together. Like I read something in a book, which reminds me of a verse in the Bible, which Mm -hmm. reminds me of the meaning behind this woman's quilting company, which reminds me, you know, like everything gets pieced together. So I find a lot of inspiration in that words. And then also I've just like kind of been trained through like schooling and stuff to just be always watching for things that look good Mm. or are aesthetically pleasing. Random example. I saw a type treatment that I really liked on a shampoo bottle (laughs) that I thought would look good on a wedding invitation. Oh, cool. You know, so do you like just take a picture of that or yeah. <laughs> record it in some fashion? Yeah. And yeah. then I try to remember it mm-hmm. for later. But and I'm inspired by like, like I said before, other people on Instagram yeah. that are doing things way better than me <laughs> that I aspire to be like. So do you follow like other graphic designers or like other kinds of yeah. media creation? Yeah. yeah, a lot. I think people forget that graphic design is a lot more than just making logos or websites. Mm-hmm. Like I have so many people that are like, Oh, you do graphic design. So you make websites? I'm like, no, I do not make websites and I will never make websites. But so I follow people that do a lot of branding and logos Mm -hmm. and then I'll follow a different account that does only wedding paper. So all wedding suites. Also, that's like the save the date, the invitation. So like they're still graphic designers, but that's all that they do. Mm -hmm. Or people that only make websites or only do branding or. Would that be tiring for you to like focus so closely on like one niche thing? I'm wondering if people do that when they're tired of doing what I do. Mm. Because I've heard of a lot of people that say, oh, I started out doing wedding invitations Mm -hmm. and now I don't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, interesting. I love doing it. Yeah. So I wonder if like they like being more defined Mm -hmm. where right now I love variety. Yeah. Because I like doing whatever people ask me to do. But I don't know. Ask me in five years. I wonder if time and experience is like a funnel. Yeah. I read like a lot of photography blogs. I do photography. And a lot of what I hear about is when you start out, Mm -hmm. like you take a picture of that flower, you take a picture of your cat, you take a picture of, you know, your parents, like a lot of random, a lot of different things. And then over time, especially if you're doing it for money, you're like, okay, uh, now I'm doing just sports photography. Now I'm just doing football. Now I'm just doing college football. You know, it just gets more and more niched. I feel like that's definitely true. And I think it's easier to market yourself as being good at one thing because then you're like a specialist in just sports photography or Mm -hmm. just doing branding, you know, Mm -hmm. which is like good. But at the same time, I would much rather pride myself on being more versatile and being good at all of it. But also you can't really put 100% into everything. I know. That's definitely something that I run into with my day job. Yeah. Because there's a lot of different areas of responsibility. And I'd rather like, I want to focus like just doing the audio stuff, right. you know, or just focus on, um, like I do blog posts, like just focus on that or something like that. 
but with my job, there's just like so much going on. Yeah. Like, there's so much to get done. It's like, I wish I could give a hundred percent to this, but I can't afford to. Yeah. But don't you have like a couple favorite, favorite things that you like to do? Yeah. There's definitely things I like better than others. So that's probably sure. what it is. Once there's more time, you're able to pick and choose your favorites because mm-hmm. you have a better clientele maybe. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm sure in five years, hopefully I'll be making more money and can right. say no to the projects that are I don't want to do. Are you able to do that much now? Like if you get approached by a client and they seem kind of like, not like a bad person necessarily, but just like hard to work with, hard to work with, get yeah. a bad vibe. Yeah. That's where I hate myself sometimes because I pride myself on like being able to work with people that are really hard to work with because mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. But at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) for you, (laughs) at the same time, like there are some things that just aren't worth the time. Like five months ago, I would take on a twenty dollars project that Mm -hmm. was really small. Yeah, but now I'm like, no, actually, like I have other things Mm -hmm. that I could be working on that are better, (laughs) which feels good, but I also feel bad. Well, have you ever heard of the website Fiverr.com? Yes, and I hate it. Yeah, I feel like that would be the bane of your existence. Well, it is kind of, but. At the same time, people are willing to pay for what they want to pay for. If you want a logo that maybe somebody else has, mm-hmm. go online and pay $5 for it. Like, I will not be offended if you do that. Mm-hmm. And I try to be really clear about that. If your expectation is to pay me $20 to make you a logo, like, you don't value my time or my worth. Yeah. You know, which yeah. it took me a long time to learn that. And I yeah, still. That's a hard thing to learn. Yeah. And I still am obviously self conscious. Like, yeah. if I did work for somebody and they were like, oh, this wasn't worth the money. Well, I would just That's, try to hurt. correct it <laughs> or I'd do yeah. more work for them because I'd feel bad. But yeah, it's definitely a big thing in the photography world because, you yeah. know, everybody's got like a Canon Rebel or an or, iPhone or an iPhone. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, why should I pay you, you know, $300 to take my family photos when yeah. my niece or whatever has a camera, she can take pictures. Well, and then that's when you say, great, have your niece do it. And then your niece will take them and they won't be that good. And then (laughs) they'll be like, oh, I know why. It's also kind of crazy what people expect. Going back to Fiverr, I do like voiceover work through that website because that's the work kind of just comes to you. Can you do a lot of different voices? Uh, No. Oh, come on. I've got like different moods, but it's like all my voice. It's like all, it's not like character voice. You're not like being SpongeBob or something? No, I could not do that. But I had somebody ask me today to do like a ridiculous amount of work for $10. Like my usual rate is yeah. like 150, do- 150 words for five. Sure. This person wanted 5,000 words for $10. Oh my gosh. I hope you said no. Oh yeah, for okay, sure. Good. For sure. No. How do you even think that this yeah. is anywhere close? Well, and that's also the hard part too, because how much do you try to prove yourself to somebody? Because mm-hmm. somebody that knows nothing about graphic design can mm-hmm. say, well, can you just click on your computer and like put some shapes together and make me a logo? And I'm like, yeah, if you want me to take five minutes, I'll take five minutes, but you're Mm -hmm. not going to get a very good thing. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of it's the education part too, like teaching people what's worth it. Cause even for you doing voiceover is like, you're taking time out of your day and I don't know how it works, but Mm -hmm. do you send them it after you say it one time? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's good. It's such a low cost. Like I get so little out of it. It's like, yeah. It's so transactional. But at the same time, for you to sit there and say 5,000 words, like you still have to sit down, you have to open up your microphone, you have mm-hmm. to do all these things where yeah. honestly $10 is not worth it and people don't see that. No. But some people do. And those are the clients that you want. Those are the ones you <laughs> want to keep. Mutual respect. Have you had like a certain biggest struggle as like a creative person, as a designer, as a freelancer? And I'm thinking things like your personal fear and doubt or other mm-hmm. people's opinions or just you have a bad habit of making excuses not to do stuff. 
well, one would be that I'm a huge procrastinator, which has gotten better now because I've had to, like, I've literally had to schedule my entire life. Never used a calendar before this year. Now you could look at my calendar and you'd be like, how do you even keep this? It's a lot of like tasking, stuff like that. So big thing is procrastinating. Self-doubt, like you said, is a big one. A lot of the fears can be combated just through prayer, though, and like through trusting that you are where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So like, obviously, I forget. And there are some days where I feel there are a lot of days where I say, oh, my gosh, I need to quit this and I need to go get a job Mm -hmm. and do something else. Yeah. And there's a lot of days where I'm like, yeah, I can do this. This is awesome. Like, God wants me to do this. So just trusting in the bigger picture, I think, is a big part of it. It sounds like there's emotionally higher highs and lower lows. Yeah, well, on your own. <laughs> it is. It's hard because like, like I said previously, I'm a big words of affirmation person and I yeah. do search for people's approval sometimes too much. And it's hard when obviously you want your clients to approve of what you're doing, which is like the main thing. But at the same time, and this is something I have to remind myself of, design is so opinion based. I could make somebody a logo that they absolutely love mm-hmm. and I could come and show it to you and you could be like, oh, I don't really get it. Like. I would never want that. You know, I wouldn't pay for that. And it's just kind of trying to remind myself that it's so opinion based and like not listening to the wrong voices, I guess. Is it hard to balance that the idea that stuff is opinion based versus, yes, there are absolute design principles. Like if you do this, this is bad. Yeah. How do you draw the line there? I think I've been fortunate enough because when you do the kind of stuff that I'm doing, most people see how your work looks and if they want it they'll come to you Mm -hmm. you know so some people want things that don't make sense or that i would say are incorrect in the design world yeah again most people are paying me because they trust what i'm doing yeah so they'll usually listen to what i say yeah and some people are just straight up stubborn and then i say (laughs) okay i'm you're paying me i'm here to serve you great Mm -hmm. but just so you know that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) and there is a lot of work that i do not put on my instagram and Mm -hmm. i don't put on my website and Mm -hmm. i've never told somebody don't tell anyone who made that which is probably good (laughs) so that's a win can't love everything right but somebody loves it there's somebody out there yes always somebody out there that loves it yeah cool because design is opinion based so where can people find you online (laughs) oh well love social media on instagram Mm. my handle is katie makes llc Mm-hmm. And then my website is katiemakes.co. Those are my main two things. I'm also on Facebook, but do people still go on Facebook? I feel like no. I mean, I look at my mom's pictures on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, my posts. grandma messages me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But same handle on Facebook, Katie Makes LLC. Do you have any last advice for the person listening that wants to be more creative? Oh my gosh. Everybody is creative. It's just starting something. And so many people sit here and they're like, oh, well, I just wish that I was more like you because I can't draw. And I'm like, yeah, well, I couldn't draw either until I started trying to do it. (laughs) So if there's something that you want to do or something that inspires you, I think that God puts urges in our hearts and makes us want to do things so that we try them. So try things. So go on, try things. Yes. Try new things. (laughs) Basic advice, but I feel like it's good. Well, thanks, Katie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, I want you to take Katie's advice. Go out and try something new. Don't just give the excuse that you're not creative. You've got to figure out what you're creative at. So go try a bunch of things. Tell me what new thing you're going to experiment with. 
I'm on Instagram at Live Life Creative Podcast. Uh, send me a DM. Tell me what kind of creative stuff you're into. And you can find the show notes for this episode and all of the episodes at LiveLifeCreativePodcast.xyz. And remember, get the full conversation by becoming a co-creator on Patreon. Tap support in the menu on the website. I'm Dylan, helping you break through your barriers so you can live life creative. That's the end. Yes. Cool. Well, hope you can make something out of that.